Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pause and Effect, a show about games by gamers for nerd enthusiasts everywhere. If you're new to the program, on this podcast, we talk about games. I pick one game a week, and we talk about our initial impressions, likes, dislikes, and biggest takeaways from the game, positive or negative. If you like what you hear, please consider sharing the podcast everywhere you can. If you would like to talk on the program or suggest an idea for an episode, please send an email to pauseandeffectcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's pauseandeffectcast at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Also, spoilers will happen. You have been warned. With that being said, joining me this week is my good friend, Tony. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on board, CJ. Great. Well, thank you for appearing on the show. And thank you again for really pushing me to do this podcast. I remember talking about it with you and our friends as a thing I wanted to do with no confidence in the idea whatsoever. So thank you for pushing me to do it and giving me the confidence to go through with it. Of course, I really think you're made for this. And I'm super excited that I am on your very first episode. (laughs) Thank you again. Well, considering that we both played this game that we're going to talk about and we both loved uh, the game very heavily this episode pretty much is dedicated to you all right this week we are talking about resident evil village oh yes now first impressions right off the bat what are your general impressions of the game oh man the game felt extremely short but it was so well done in multiple places this was the game i was waiting for I completely agree with that. No, like there was a lot of things to love and a couple things to dislike as well, but we'll get to that a little later. But no, like the length and the pacing was actually perfect. I didn't think, it didn't feel like a 10 hour game at all, if you ask me. Yeah, no, it didn't feel like a 10 hour game at all. And by the time I actually noticed the time, it was very short, but without everything was spread out, it felt much longer than it should have, but in a very good way. And definitely there was a length to consider. Similar to you, I didn't think I had put like 12 hours in when I finally finished the game, but it really passes by quickly and just keeps you entertained the whole step of the way. Also, I did really enjoy the fact that it felt like a love letter to Resident Evil 4 almost. Yeah, and and that leads me to wonder where the whole universe is heading now because that game, it, it just opened up so many doors and potential possibilities. Well, I have one idea of where it's headed. You know the next game is going to feature Chris Redfield as a protagonist again. Which will be interesting because his character development, especially through this game, it's... It seems to has uh, have built off of, I believe it was RE6, where we got to play a lot of Chris Redfield's story. That is true. And RE6 saw him at what I believe to be his lowest point. Yeah, and it seems in Village, he definitely, even though it did not seem like it at first, there was a lot of character building in Chris throughout the series, which I like. You you can tell he's gotten as, as hard, as much of a badass he wants to be. You can tell that he's really wounded by this deep on the inside. And uh, again, spoilers, at the end of uh, Village, the, the fact that Ethan was gone, you, you can tell that really took a toll on him. Oh yeah, for sure. But also the fact that, once again, spoilers, the Biosecurity Assessment Alliance, BSAA, I think that's the acronym, I'm not 100% certain, but the BSAA has started using bioweapons, which it goes against everything Chris stood for. Oh yeah, that's right. At the end of it, that the, the helicopter they sent in contained them, if I if I recall correctly. Yeah, exactly. And then they took one back and they're like, change the plans. We're going to Europe. We're going to uh, defeat this once and for all. And then it cuts to black and then it fades into uh, Ethan's daughter being, what, 18? 
I, I would assume so, but man, that's that's also another thing I'm looking forward to where Ethan da- daughter is gonna be heading. And the fact that uh, that guy called her Everlyn at the end, I wonder if that teases anything. I wonder as well, but it's something to really think about. Most definitely. Yeah, what would you say you liked most about the game? The thing I would like most about the game, definitely, definitely the level design. There, there was this one level in particular, and I remember you and I talked about this for like quite a bit, that uh, that basement filled with blood. Yes. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. At, at first, just noticing like all of these uh, monsters pop out at you, but then realizing the ripple effects actually played into it. That's just awesome level design. Yeah, that was probably one of the bigger technical marvels of the game. And I'm like, what? Like, how did they do that? Like, that's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's also like, it's one of those levels that keeps you on your feet the entire time, even though you know what's going to happen and when. It's just so well put together. And I spent a lot more time than I should have in that basement, to be quite honest, just because of how well it was. Oh, yeah. And even the puzzle before that, where you're having to like move a bunch of statues in order to drain a bathtub that's full of blood, even that you could, if you tried to wade through the water, you could still see ripples from your own movement. Like that was just super impressive to me. Yeah. Like water inside games is one thing, but to represent blood and kind of the thickness that it has when it's like just laying there, it's a completely different story. And that was well done. Yeah. I think the other thing I really loved was the pacing of the game. Like we said, it's kind of a shorter fare for the Resident Evil series as a whole, though I think the previous game, Biohazard, may have been just as short. But the pacing actually worked really well. You go from having nothing in the very beginning, and even when you're going to, uh, spoilers, the castle to try and find your daughter and end up killing Lady Dimitrescu in the process and her daughters, the game really slowly but surely builds you up into feeling powerful and I don't think you get that sense of power until you're in that dam fighting and trying to escape from uh, Salvatore, the giant fish monster. Which could have all been avoided, by the way, if he just took the part and left. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things that could have happened differently, which delves into my next question. Like, what would you say you disliked the most about the game? Which, for me, you touched on it just now, was... I want to say characterization. Now, we spoke a bit on Chris talking and just delving into his character and his motivations, especially considering his history in the series. And that, I would say, is a good example of characterization and how they build it. And Heisenberg is another great example. But in terms of what I didn't like, Ethan's characterization. Yeah, it's it's just a, such an interesting transition because in seven we see him do all of these things but it was okay because he was such a new character and having him move from that game to this game where he's just completely i i, I wouldn't call it obnoxious but more very careless made for a very interesting character in total i couldn't see him as ethan winters i saw him more of as a grown-up just really rubbing it in other people's faces yeah and also due to the fact that a lot of stuff could have been avoided had Ethan not developed the whole tunnel vision thing of like, where's my daughter? All I want is my daughter. Meanwhile, like everyone's trying to make deals with him and trying to give him easier options. We joked for a while about like 
if he had just said yes to like certain things or if he had just walked away like none of this would have happened yeah my most favorite part about all of that though is when heisenberg offered him to team up and he moved in front of the ditch that he was gonna get kicked in and said no i get it it's for plot and game purposes but come on yeah and then as for the other thing i didn't like I mean, we've talked about this extensively. Do I even really need to say it? For the sake of the podcast, I think you do, though. (laughs) You're right. In the immortal words of something about Super Metroid by Terminal Montage, the baby. Man, that baby scene. Granted, before all of that happened, the whole doll part freaked me out. But I think you said it felt like an escape room for you, which it also did to me. Yeah, it did. And considering my prior experience working for an escape room, that was such a fun level. I mean, granted, yeah, it's a freaky level because room full of dolls and you hear like babies laughing and babies crying, which awakened a whole slew of new phobias for me. But but the fact that you had to go through a very confined space and continue to open doors like you were going about an escape room and solving puzzles, I thought that was super ingenious. And I was praising the developers up to the point where I had to go in a well, find a key, and then I heard a baby crying and then everything went to hell. Oh man, that well gave me ring vibes like i'm like oh man i'm gonna go down this something is gonna drag me down to the depths i can't do this yeah and then when it's switched up and i hear the baby i'm like oh oh no and then i see it and i almost wanted to cry that shit was terrifying yeah i remembered i tried juking it the first time and i accidentally touched it and it swallowed me and it's like um excuse me what yeah, like I I never expected that to be a insta kill, but I guess considering you are powerless for this, it does make a little more sense. Yeah, and the whole hiding, I I hid in the locker for quite a bit just to try to get around it. I think it disappeared after a while. Yeah, but when it walked up close to you and started looking at the locker, it was just the most creepiest thing I've ever saw. Yeah, but still, like, even despite being terrified out of my mind, that whole sequence was super impressive. So my hat is off to uh, the Capcom development team. The people that developed both that and developed the uh, Ripley blood effect, like, those were amazing. Yeah, and speaking of amazing too, I, I'm a 50-50 on this one because I knew it was heavily applied, which, tremendous job. But my stomach turning upside down wasn't so great. That intro where Ethan is walking through the woods with a flashlight. I wanted to vomit. Yeah. Yeah, no, that sucked. I mean, it was definitely excellent for setting up the stage and setting the pace for the game. But I'm just like, dude, you can't even lift the damn flashlight? Come on. Yeah, like it was so well thought out though because that's what Ethan was supposed to feel. But do they really have to make us feel the same vertical? That I like after that specific level, I had to stop and pick up the game the next day just because I wasn't feeling so well after that Oh man, I'm sorry. Very well done, but I I, I would think it's a little bit too well done. Okay, uh, coming out of Resident Evil Village, what would you say was your biggest takeaway? Could be anything from how it influences you to what you'll think about for a long time to come, etc, etc. What you got? Yeah, this this goes back to that blood basement. Like just the biggest takeaway for me is those small little environmental stuff that you do adds on to gameplay so much 
sometimes the players don't even notice it. Yeah, like the whole, all the technical marvels of the game from the lighting, the sound design, again, the blood ripples, and more to the extent of how to really set tone and how to really set pace. Like that was well executed. Yeah, and speaking of tone and pace, have you noticed how okay we were going through the entire game collecting our baby's parts? Yeah, like, and we touched on this maybe once before. Like, I did not think about that thing. Like, oh, you're just like traipsing through some kind of weird European town. I'm like, la di da di da, like, go collect your daughter's body parts. And I'm like, wait a minute, why are we collecting her body parts? It's something that you maybe question once, like, right after you kill Lady Dimitrescu. But then going to fight Angie and Lady Donna in the dollhouse, Salvatore Moreau in the dam, and that weird uh, master werewolf with a sledgehammer looking thing in those caves on the edge of town. Like, we don't question it maybe after the first one, but I'm like, this is your daughter's body. Like, what the actual hell? Like, how have we normalized this in our heads? Right, which also makes it kind of interesting because when when Ethan lost his hand again, mm, yes, and he just reattaches it like nothing ever happened. He doesn't even question himself at that point. So it makes you wonder. Well, it doesn't make you wonder why he doesn't question the fact that he's collecting his daughter's body parts. But then it also teases a little bit too much about the ending. But it's like one of those um, real world scenarios I heard of where there's a specific type of uh, fungus that infects insects and oh, cordyceps yep and the insect would do that thing's bidding without even questioning anything and it's just like huh interesting yeah i would say my biggest thing my biggest takeaway for the game not so much on technical marvels despite the fact that those are all well executed but i keep thinking to myself on the future of the series and how this game has impacted the previous games for uh almost decades to come because spoiler alert i don't know about you but my mind was absolutely blown when we brought break into Miranda's laboratory at the end of Chris Redfield's playable section and you realize, oh, Oswell Spencer mentored under her and that's why he tried to achieve immortality by creating the T-virus like he did. Yes, and I remember the entire time, especially after that initial entrance to the castle where we saw the Umbrella logo, it's like, oh shoot, Umbrella's involved. Plot twist, Umbrella originated from this. Yeah, and it has me going back to try to analyze all the other games in the series and how how Umbrella's ties with this were like somehow involved and I'm thinking to myself okay so we've done all this and now with uh, Rose grown up into like anywhere between like 18 to 21 years old where do we go from here yeah it's going to be interesting to say the least I remembered when Village was first announced and werewolves vampires I was definitely one of those folks who's like that's interesting granted I'm open-minded about games but it's like huh that's interesting vampires and werewolves but no they executed it pretty well for the RE universe so I'm super excited to see what kind of crazy things they come up with next yeah I was skeptical too and I definitely wanted to see how that played out because I remembered yeah we've had zombies in the past and we've had people that were infected by parasites whether it's Las Plagas in Spain or a variation of Las Plagas in Africa or the C-virus in it was somewhere in Eastern Europe China and and the United States for Resident Evil 6. And then we go from there to having just the creature from the Black Lagoon in multiple different forms in Resident Evil 7, which it works for the setting. But I wondered like, okay, how are they going to justify 
like vampires and werewolves and all this other type of stuff because we have everything else that's justified as like, oh, it's a bioorganic weapon. Like, what are they going to do for this? And it turns out, oh, yeah, it's still bioorganic weapons. And it's surprisingly worked, and I had to commend them for that. But I'm thinking, what else can they do? Yeah, and if you think about it, too, it also leads to, makes the timeline very interesting because with the virus, the werewolves and the vampires, like even Heisenberg, everything was so well contained because Miranda was the one controlling everything. And then Spencer was the one that branched out and started experimenting. Therefore, everything we saw in the fa- in the past with like all the deformations and the um, alternative viruses, it kind of makes sense. It really does. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. Before we close out, do you have anything you want to plug or shout out before we finish up? Uh, yes. Speed run that game. Apparently, two hours is the best speed run of the time as of this moment. And it's crazy. And to those of you listening in, think about this. You can get a uh, gold achievement, gold trophy. I don't know what the uh, Xbox version of it is, but there's a trophy that you can get for speed running the game in it's either three hours or two and a half hours or less for both. So yeah, definitely give it a try and definitely consider um, upgrading your character so that you have unlimited bullets because having that on the revolver sounds super fun. Well, thanks again for being here and that's our show. Tune in next time where we talk about Fire Emblem Awakening. Thanks for listening. Take care now.